Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. Well, today is a first. I am getting to speak with an absolutely magnificent soul who has had one of the most extraordinary transformations I have ever read about. And this week's guest is Candy Huff. Candy is a two-time number one Amazon international best-selling author, and she's the host of Angel Healing House Radio and TV. She's a Reiki master, a teacher, and an inspirational speaker. Candy helps others connect to their divine, eternal natures. Following her angelic walk in experience in January 2003, she established her business, Angel Healing House. After creating a spiritual community in Queensland, Australia, she moved to Los Angeles in 2010. She's an enthusiastic, passionate, and joyful woman who helps people live authentic lives while manifesting their dreams. She has several books. The one that I just read that kept me up, I couldn't put it down, was I'm an Angelic Walk-In, the autobiography of Angel Ariel, which we're going to be talking about today. And it's her journey. And then also the sequel to One True Home, another one of her best-selling books. Claire has Claire Candy's weekly international Angel Healing House radio program is broadcast in over 120 countries, and she's available on Facebook Live and Transformation Talk Radio. Candy, how are you today, lady? I'm very well. Every day is extraordinary, and every day is a gift, Mal. Oh, absolutely. You know, I feel that way too. Um, I thought that I understood the concept of why we come here and how our soul has a plan for us about personal growth and expansion. But after reading your book and for the very first time learning about the concept of a walk-in, my whole idea of, of what that was about has completely changed. <laughs> so, I mean, first of all, I think we need to explain to the audience, what is a walk-in? Yes, um, uh, many people are unfamiliar with that term. A walk-in happens as a result of a person on the earth plane, a, a, a soul on the earth plane in human form, who because of traumatic experiences and, uh, and suffering, um, they unconsciously, this is not something they, they think of consciously, but unconsciously, they ask to be released from the physical, from, from the contract that they wrote before they came into physical existence because everyone writes a contract in their book of life for their incarnation. And they ask to be released from the trauma and the suffering, um, you know, because uh, they are, uh, they lose their life force. They lose their life force. And it could be 
um, emotional and it could be physical. Um, in the case of the former soul of Claire Candy, who was in the body, um, she was with her abusive ex for 26 years, 22 of those married. And uh, through the mental and emotional abuse, um, she just lost her light. She forgot who she was. And, uh, and she was actually a dearth of light. And it was so important, Mal, in the last 30 plus years with the raising of the consciousness on the planet for each person to be of their optimum radiant light, to hold the light for the planet so it could shift and ascend. Um, and she was really a dearth of light. So um, we on the other side, angels, spirit guides, we don't like to see people suffering interminably, although we know our best lessons come in, in ad adversity and hardship. But if it goes on for a long time, we don't want somebody to suffer. And I came to her um, and I said, look, please don't suicide again. She had tried to kill herself twice. And I said, instead of getting rid of the body, you can go up to God with honors and stop the suffering and pain if you allow me to walk in when you walk out, your soul walks out, and uh, I will take over your responsibilities. This is not just for another soul to come in and have another walk around the planet and have fun in a physical body. Uh, this is to clean up the former soul's life, take on their responsibilities because we get their memory imprint, but we don't get their emotional imprint, which often stops them um, from, so from solving insurmountable problems and then once this is done then you decide on an uh, intersection episode and ours was in a very deep meditation uh, where she'd only started meditating six weeks before and uh, and she closed her eyes and five hours later my eyes opened I you don't know it at the time that you've had this walk-in experience but you know that you're living the wrong life as Everything is changed because you come in with your own personality, you come in with your own perceptions, your own attitudes, and, uh, and everything about that life has been formed by the low uh, frequency energy and the, um, and the negativity held within that former person. So <laughs> the, the first thing that I did was that I divorced my life from the business I was in with the deceitful partner and uh, the relationship I was in, the hell home I was living in, this, uh, this horrible, horrible house which you've read about uh, that I allowed myself, uh, the, uh, the former soul allowed herself to be in. And so, uh, and then I went on to clean up the body and, uh, and start this new life. Um, it wasn't until about three months afterwards that a spiritual uh, teacher, a psychic, and also a spiritual healer, and then many others affirmed to me that what I had had was a walk-in experience. Um, and uh, it, uh, I, I changed my life, and then because I changed my life and started living heaven on earth, then I helped others to live heaven on earth, and I got on with my mission, if you want to say, to help humanity on the planet. Um, and and walk-ins, uh, they, uh, they have certain characteristics which are endemic to uh, many walk-ins. 
walk-ins because they they come in with their own attitudes and their personalities uh, a lot of times they change their name the former soul claire candy she hated the name claire she just if anybody called her claire she would say please don't call me that and uh when the clairvoyance and the clairsentience and the clairaudient, all the claircognizant, all the clairs came in, I embraced the name Claire Candy. And I have lots of people calling me Claire and Candy. I answered to both. Many times walk-ins will leave long-standing partners. Um, they, they just don't resonate with them anymore because this is what the former soul picked as their romantic partner because they shared the same um, vibrational frequency or came from their soul group um, a lot of many times they will switch professions uh, they'll go into the healing arts they'll go into being spiritual teachers alternative therapies uh, tarot readers you know different things like that they are remembering what they did in former incarnations and that comes back to them um, a great many times uh, they will start to remember their former incarnations because they're so clear uh one of the things i write about in my in this in the um uh, the prequel to i am an angelic walk-in in this book one true home behind the veil of forgetfulness um is that um i was a healer in 14th century scotland and i i started to weep when i heard celtic and irish and scottish music and i had no idea where that was coming from the former soul was a good jewish girl in this body she, she didn't know from scottish and celtic music and so um there's a there's a bit of a checklist which you know some people might experience a few of them maybe somebody experiences all 10 of those each walk-in is um, individualized and each walk-in is um, very different um, but when this happens it is life-altering it is 180 degree and those walk-ins which I say which are on their game which they know where they're from and they know why they've come back and they're true to their mission um, they have a great impact on the uh, on humanity uh, for helping others to find their life as well how did you find the former Claire? How did you connect? Oh, the, the reason we connected was because um, I, uh, in, in this book, uh, you'll understand why I had gone from Ariel to then being Angel Ariel. I had learned from my five most important past lives I had transcended the birth and death wheel. And then where one, where I am an angelic walk-in, uh, the autobiography of Angel Ariel, where that starts, is I had, uh, I didn't have to come back in human incarnation, but I had a spiritual school um, across the veil. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, thousands of souls would come in and, uh, and uh, listen and uh, learn uh, spiritual law, I guess, or especially they wanted to know why things happened in their incarnation from a higher or an angel's uh, perspective. And so it was in my spiritual school that uh, the former soul of Claire Candy, she was a very young soul. She had not had a physical uh, incarnation before um, because many souls are too afraid to choose a physical incarnation. You know, across the veil, we have love. 
there is only love. And then you come into a world where, uh, you know, the world of duality, which, you know, sometimes it's so hard to find love. And who would want to come in and when you have that wholeness and that feeling of complete bliss on the other side. So anyway, she was one of my students and I would tell them stories of when I was a courtesan in Venice and when I was a Scottish uh, healer in Scotland, an Egyptian princess, a member of the Lakota tribe and also a captured African-American slave uh, brought uh, across the horrific middle passage and worked the tobacco fields and, and she was so engrossed in learning about my physical incarnations that she got inspired to go to the etheric council and ask them if she could have her first physical incarnation. And so when she came in and was, uh, when she was born and she was living a physical life, I was her guardian angel. Oh. And so I watched this beautiful, absolutely beautiful girl inside and out to deteriorate, deteriorate because she lost her light and she allowed herself to be abused and used by so many people over and over again. And, um, and, I, and, and it was just so horrific. I knew that the third suicide attempt was going to be the, the winner. And uh, I went to the Athera Council and I said to them, what can I do for her? And it was, it was they who suggested that, that I, they knew I didn't want to come back in physical form again, but they said it's twofold. You can help her, release her from the trauma and the suffering. Not only that, you can help the world ascend, which was so important ever since the harmonic convergence of 1987 when we had a tipping point and uh, there were enough people on the planet that decided that we were going to hold the light and raise the consciousness of the planet. So that's, that's, how, that's how I met uh, the former soul. Does every single person that chooses, every, excuse me, every single soul that chooses to come here to incarnate, do they have the opportunity for a walk-in? Does everyone have that opportunity? Or is it that you have to be at a place of such pain, despair, loss, and as you beautifully expressed, you know, such a diminished light that your life force is basically gone. It, do you have to get to that level before you get a, a walk-in experience? Yes, uh, because if you are conscious enough I've had lots of people email me and say, could you please just get me out of this physical body? It's too hard for me. And I said, they, and I said if you are conscious enough to ask for a walk-in experience, then, then you won't get one because you're conscious, you have enough spiritual uh, remembrance of spiritual law and wisdom that you, um, you can persevere you know, these are for those people. And you, so you can't ask consciously, but it's that unconscious higher self of yours saying, please get me out of my contract early. So, um, uh, and many of the times they're flying their plane in the fog. They just cannot see and aware enough to look up and see the light. But uh, you can't ask 
for this consciously. You know, some people say, I've lost my money, you know, I'm divorced, I'm this and that, just get me out of here. And quite frankly, the most beautiful, extraordinary lives now are the ones with the most challenges, the ones with the most hardship and the most adversity. Because when we cross over and we stand before the etheric council, they've got our book of life, they go to our contract, we are going to be most proud of the things that we triumphed over. Not that we had lots of money, fame, success, none of that, none of that is going to matter. It's that we tried, we persevered, and we triumphed. And those that, because we're here for our soul's growth, we're not here for an easy ride. Right. We're here for our soul's growth. And it's like the challenges that, a, that a, a, an oyster goes through when the grit gets in and the grit irritates the oyster and that becomes a pearl. Okay, so we're here for our soul's growth, our expansion and the experience. You know, yes, you can go through an easy life, but you'll get on the other side and you'll say, what was the point of that? What was the point of that? So it's through our deep challenges and our adversities and, and those hardships that really create the pearl in us. What I find fascinating is that you have a recollection of the previous incarnation of Claire Candy, and yet you don't feel any of the emotional trauma, pain, sadness that she experienced, but yet you know everything that she went through. Yes. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's something endemic to walk-ins because we, it's like uh, the computer chip is the, the mental imprint. You know, I can, I can uh, bring forth data and I can bring forth, you know, images and, and everything. It's like a, a camera or it's like, it's a computer chip that she had but the emotional imprint gets wiped because if the walk-in, if we came in with the emotional imprint, it would stop us. It would stop us from solving the former soul's insurmountable problems. You know, things that they just couldn't get past because of anger, sadness, bitterness, resentment, regret. Most walk-ins, uh, most walk-outs or those former souls, they can't find the light because they're too busy focusing on anger, sadness, bitterness, resentment, regret, judgment, criticism, not forgiving, not taking responsibility. All of those are pointing them towards the past and not seeing the glory of the present moment. Why do walk-ins want to come here if I'm, I'm getting the feeling that a walk-in is already an expanded soul. So why do they want to come back here and um, step in and potentially live in the duality of living in this classroom we call Earth, where they could stay where they are in complete love? Why do they choose to come back? Is it because they want to be that that in service that much? Well, I can tell you that uh, not all walk-ins are angelic in nature, like myself. Um, I'm a, I'm, I am Angel Ariel. Um, for me, being of service, I will to will God's will. There is nothing higher. In fact, I'm in a twin flame relationship, which is uh, the divine masculine, my husband Pete, myself, the divine feminine, 
And we know that what's guiding this is the triad with God at the top. There is nothing more uh, important than to be of divine service. And so I could have said, I could have said no, uh, but as an angel, you give up your will to divine will. There is nothing of higher service. And so, uh, you know, to come back and serve humanity at this time where the, the earth and the inhabitants have never done this before, have never reached this high shift in consciousness to want to live environmentally, to want to live sustainably, to see each other. I am you. I see me in you, you are me, uh, we are one, we're in this together. And so we are the first, we are, it's like a guinea pig experiment. And to be a part of this is extraordinary. So yes, you come back and you wear a funny little meat suit, as I call it, and you know, you, 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 when you cut yourself, you bleed and you cry and you, and you have all these experiences, but you know it's for the highest good it's for the greatest good of not only myself, but it's the greatest good of humanity as well. You mentioned that you're now married to your twin flame. Yes. So is there a difference between a soulmate and a twin flame? It's a huge difference. There is only one twin flame. Everyone has a twin flame, okay? But most people do not, up until now, most people have not uh, contracted for their, for their twin flame to be on the earth plane with them because they can help them better from the other side. Okay, so stop asking for your twin flame, everyone. Stop because he may not, he, she may not be here at the moment. Um, uh, why it's your divine compliment and there's none other like that in any space, time, and dimension is because when you were a an ovid, a circular energy on the other side, you were the first perfect balance of that masculine and feminine energy. And when you came into physical existence and you then you chose the equipment, whether you're gonna be feminine or masculine, then you're always longing to connect with that complement of yours, okay? And there's only, there's only one of, of this. Now, if you're not in a twin flame relationship, you're in a soulmate relationship. And that just means that this person has come from your soul group because they have the same vibrational frequency as you did. That person might've been your godmother or your, your grandmother or your mother or your father or your sister or your child in another incarnation. And you choose to be um, actors in the theater of your life in each one of these incarnations. Okay, so if you're in a soulmate relationship, uh, it usually means that they bring in something, uh, some unfinished business you come together to, to create something together or to complete something. And usually what I hear from so many of my clients around the world is that um, they got so irritated and ag agitated, their soulmate created such drama that they had to leave them. They didn't understand that they were just reflecting something that was already inside of them because we can't have, Mal, we can't have that in front of us, which is not ourselves. Mm 
So you bring to that to yourself to be a reflection, to see what you have to work on. And so many men and women just leave relationships and says, I'll show you. And they find another identikit of themselves. And they keep doing this until they understand to turn the mirror back on themselves and say, well, why did I draw this to myself? And that's why so many soulmates um, have electricity and you feel drawn to them, even though they might be abusive, even though they might be deleterious to your health in emotionally or physically, but you feel like you have to stay because they are part of your soul group and they are there to teach you something. Wow. <laughs> but, but, twi but twin flames, yeah. li listen, twin flames can only come together when each one of the parties has transcended all their karma. Mm. there's no more triggers yeah. there's no more reactions there's no more uh there there's no fighting there's no there's no no anything like that because you you've already cleaned that slate and you've transcended anger sadness bitterness regret resentment you know judgment you've already forgiven and so like attracts like they're like two i love to say that that twin flames are like two parallel trains going down the track side by side and they're also like two um, pillars holding up um, a, the temple. And they don't collapse onto each other. They don't need each other. They love having each other in, in each other's life. And they stand strong, independent of one another, except they're together. And they let the winds of heaven dance between the two of them. Oh, the winds of heaven dance between the two of them. Is that magnificent? Wow. So we all have a twin flame, but we yes. just may not meet our twin flame while we're on this earth. Correct. We could potentially meet them on the other side of the veil. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I, I've met so many people that saying, oh, I, I, I want my twin flame. I said, you don't even know if they're here with you on the, on the, in this incarnation. So stop asking for them. Instead, saying thank you for my beloved relationship. And then instead of looking for it, you turn the mirror back on yourself and you become that which you are looking for because like attracts like and then like a beacon you will draw to yourself if you want to find love be love if you want to find compassion be compassion kindness whatever that is you be it first and then you go on to serve others with it and it will naturally be drawn to you i think that is the most beautiful tip that women could hear today it is something that I've been trying to teach for several years to women whose hearts have been broken that you have to love yourself first. You have to be love in order to attract it. You can't give away something you don't have. Exactly. You're a beautiful vessel. And unless you fill that first, then when you go to give, that's why so many women when they, when they go to give, it hurts because they've given to their, their spouses, they've given to their children, they've given to their community, they've baked the cake for the PTA, they've you know, given to the shelters, whatever that is, but they haven't nourished and nurtured this heart of theirs. And when that's empty and you go to give, it hurts because there's nothing to pull from. And so many women walk in those shoes. They're yeah. so depleted. 
Yeah, there's five important points which uh, my business, Angel Healing House, is based on, five important tenets. And if I could just impart that to your listeners, the most important uh, one of these tenets, I think, is the taking accountability and responsibility for your life. Every person, place, thing, and situation that you have in your life, you drew it to yourself for your highest good and to teach you and some of our best lessons come in contrast. So if you can take responsibility for what you've created, even though it looks horrific, then you can create something else. So once you take responsibility, the second tenant is forgiveness. Because if you take responsibility, then you don't blame anybody and then forgiveness comes in. But you don't say, I forgive you because I forgive you still apportions blame. You say, please forgive me. That's a completely different vibrational frequency because you're taking it. Even if you can't figure out what you might have done wrong, it might have come from a, from a previous incarnation. But please forgive me. This, this lifts the burden of un unforgiveness off your soul and you get untold peace and untold happiness with this. It's one of the most selfish things that you can do is to forgive and say, please forgive me. The third is non-judgment. As hard as this is, allow people to walk their path because you don't know what their soul needs. And you certainly wouldn't want somebody to judge you, so judge ye not that ye be judged yourself. The fourth is gratitude and appreciation for our infinite blessings that God has bestowed upon us. And the fifth is unconditional love for others. Mm. These are the five tenets, and when you follow them, then you start to create that heaven on earth existence that we long for in that one true home state of ours on the other side of the veil. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Claire, Candy, Huff, how, uh, how can people reach you? They can reach me through my website, which is angelhealinghouse.com. Um, and uh, my phone number is 831 277 three seven one six um i am uh, for this present moment <laughs> i am in the beautiful beautiful state of california in santa monica my favorite place on the planet <laughs> oh, i love it montana avenue my favorite little oh, love I love montana. Shop. oh i love it there oh my yes. gosh I will be, I'll be out there in June, girl. I'll call you and take you to you lunch. Make sure, you make sure. There's some beautiful places to, to lunch oh, on there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm writing my, my fifth book about uh, our twin flame adventure from when we, when we met and married. And that is, if there was ever a reason to, to get this book, I am an angelic walk in the autobiography of Angel Ariel of me, is the way that Pete and I met. Mal, you Amazing. It, there's not one thing exaggerated in that, in the magical way that we came together. Mm -hmm. And we know that we are, we are the best of friends. You know, just quickly, I wrote a contract six months before I met Pete. And in that contract, I said, I, I've uh, compromised myself in love, but from now on, I, this is my beloved. And we are the best of friends. We 
we um, work together, we travel the world together. Nothing is more important than this relationship. There's no game playing. We allow each other to be who we are. And we are like the two little kids on an adventure. And that's happened from 2004 to today. The miracles, because we've had the faith to step forward when it wasn't logical, when it wasn't rational, when people said, you're, you're crazy to do this, we hung on to each other, we followed the voice of God, and then so many miracles have happened, and I'm writing about that at the moment. Oh, I can't wait, because <laughs> meeting him, when I read that part at the end of the book, and um, you know, it, it seemed like it was an unlikely match at first. Yes. Um, just, you know, and then you just s cemented your hearts together. It was just beautiful. <gasps> Oh, that's wonderful. us. Oh, I love that. Oh, my, I get goosebumps looking at it. Oh, that's <laughs> fabulous. Wonderful. Now, that's, yes. that's angelic to me. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was funny because in that decree, I wrote, I love to be surprised. I love to be surprised and I love to laugh. I love to laugh. And I said, I. I, one of the things I wrote is he makes me laugh and he surprises me. And I got everything, everything. You know what you did? You wrote an order for the universe and it delivered big time. And, and the reason it delivered big time is because I was clear inside. There yeah. was no more, no more uh, um, negativity. There was no more blaming. There was no more victimhood. There was no more finding fault. There was just feeling blessed that I am a child of God, as each one of us is, and the universe desires what we desire. And I said, thank you, because I knew it was already, you know, manifested on the etheric plane. And within six weeks, oh, and, and in the book I, I speak about, after I wrote the decree, then I went down to the water and I spoke these words and I sent them across the water. I slept with this decree under my pillow every single night. And I used to, I used to, when I used to go grocery shopping, I used to say, I didn't know his name, but I said, come with me. I said, let's go buy groceries. I said, we need this and that. Cause if it's a twin flame, we have similar uh, tastes. And then at night I would pull the covers over him and say, I love you. I would kiss him on the head. Don't let the bed bugs bite. And that was, and within six weeks, I felt like he was etherically around me. And then it was six months later at that come as your favorite rock star party. I went as Stevie Nicks. He went as Elvis. And right. five days, five days later, he asked to marry me. I know. I love it. And I mean, if the, but after the first date, he was like, no, you're not the right woman. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, and, and, and then, Three days later, he's proposing. I said, now, if that's not magic, girl, I don't know what. <laughs> because that was, that was the logic. That was the logic in his head. This is what I'm looking for, you know. And instead of, um, he actually wanted to ask me after three days, but he waited to five. So I said, well, what stopped you? He said, because I, after three days, how can you ask? someone to marry you you don't you don't know them I said so what was the difference with the fifth day he said he felt the hand of God on his back easing him forward and saying just do it and everything will fall into place 
beautiful story. Beautiful. Yeah. And so we're, we're two best buddies. We're, we're the best of friends, supportive and kind and loving. And, and we have each other's back. And, um, and we know, we're, we know that we are, we are part of this triad and we are here with Pete. Pete is in the film industry. Uh, we are turning um, my books into movies. And so, you know, to get this message out to a wider audience. Wonderful. This has been so much fun. I, we've gone way over, but I don't care because it's been one of the best conversations we've had. And I can't thank you enough, Candy, for this, this beautiful interview. And I absolutely will call you when I'm in California. You better. You better. You better. I just. I also wanted. I also wanted to say that I'm an angelic walk and is also an audio book on oh, audible.com for those people that uh, that like to listen and uh, not read so much. Beautiful. Thank you again, girl. You're welcome. Take care of yourself. Thank Lots you. of love. Bye bye. Same to you. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. Be sure to visit brokenopen-book.com to get a copy of Mal's new best-selling book, Broken Open, Embracing Heartbreak and Betrayal as Gateways to Unconditional Love. And for a limited time, you can get over 40 transformational gifts from Mal's launch partners. Claim all of this goodness at brokenopen-book.com. <laughs>